Hey there, it's Justin again, Flow Live Athlete Pastor Channel. It's a little late tonight. I have been having some audio difficulties, technical difficulties. Hey, but it's day 10, I'm getting it in, and uh, a little bit late, uh, but hey, it's worth it. Uh, are you reading the Bible? Did you get your reading in today? Uh, today's reading is Genesis 25 through 26 and Matthew 8, 1 through 17. It's the online Bible reading club. If you've got questions, drop them below. Yeah, just contact me. I'd love to chat with these things. Uh, with you. Okay, so as we get into it, there's a lot of things I'll talk about in this one, but um, actually uh, Genesis 25 uh, brings us the death of Abraham, uh, and and God does fulfill the promise that he made to him back in Genesis 12, uh, that you'll be the father of many nations. Uh, His wife, this is the big problem, his wife was barren, uh, and Sarah uh, has previously died on the last video, we saw that, Uh, but uh, before she died, they did have the promised child in, in Genesis 21. Isaac. We'll see a little bit of his story today, but uh, in in this uh, chapter, we see that Abraham did father uh, many nations. Uh, he, he took on another wife after uh, Sarah's death and had lots of children and lots of grandchildren, and this is uh, exactly according to God's plan. Uh, it wasn't the way Abraham probably would have written it. I uh, would have loved to have more children with Sarah, but that just wasn't the way that God had uh, ordained it. And, and that this is a, a, you know, a common theme that we see uh, God just gives us a lot of uh, challenges in life uh, so that we can learn to trust Him. And, and one of those is Isaac actually experiences uh, a lot of the same things that Abraham experienced, right? So the first thing you note there in verse 21 of the chapter is that he actually experienced his wife not being able to have a child as well. And and so that we know that it is God who uh, brings children in this world and not us autonomously. It tells us there that that uh, he prayed, and God gave uh, Rebecca, his wife, a child. Not just a child, but two children, twins. And they're going to be na- known as Esau and Jacob. And they're having a cage fight in the womb uh, to see who can get out first. And Jacob is beaten out by Esau. Esau is born first. They're, and they can't look any different, you know, and they can't have any different temperaments I mean, than they do. They, they just are, are so opposite. Well, Esau actually... Uh, you know, uh, is the older, so that means he has the birthright, he has the uh, the, the, the privileged position, and uh, he actually sells that for uh, uh, a, a pot of stew, you know, a cup of stew, because uh, he's hungry, and uh, this, you, like, that really happened, it did, uh, and and Jacob, meaning the, is, uh, is the schemer, Esau is the father's uh, favorite, and Jacob is the mother's favorite, Jacob, uh, you know, Stays around with tents, and then uh, Esau is a hunter, uh, and so it just, they couldn't be any more opposite. And they're un- like Jacob's the unlikely uh, chosen one, uh, but he's the chosen one. God picks him, and it says there in a prophecy there in Genesis 25 that that the uh, older will serve the younger, and that in fact does uh, occur as the uh, birthright is usurped, as we just talked about. As we move over to 26, there's not a lot of uh, material about Isaac. But this is kind of where he uh, he shines, and uh, you know he there endures exactly some of the same trials that Abraham uh, did. Very similar. Uh, you see immediately he uh, encounters a famine like the one uh, in Genesis 12, where Abraham decided to go down to Egypt, and and this was not a really a good move by Abraham back in Genesis 12. He should have stayed and, and trusted God's promises, right? But he goes to Egypt and it ends up becoming trouble for him. He ends up. Uh, offering his uh, wife to Pharaoh, uh, who takes uh, Sarah into his home, into his harem, right? 
Uh, well, then God starts plaguing them, and then he, he figures out what's going on, and oh, they're not brothers and sisters, it's the wife of Abraham that he's taken. And uh, it's just a, it's a, it's an ugly lie, and Abraham not only does that once, but twice uh, in, in Genesis 20 with Abimelech as well. Well, interestingly enough, uh, Isaac's encountered, uh, his father's dead, but he's encountered another Abimelech, a king down in uh, the, the Philistines area. Well, the Philistine guy, the king, doesn't take the, the Rebekah into his uh, harem. Uh, he sees, uh, or someone sees uh, Isaac, I'm not sorry, uh, Isaac and Rebekah making out. And so he knows, hey, there's something up here, and they're, they're, not, they're not brother and sister at all. They're actually married. Uh, and gets to the bottom of it. Well, he provides protection then. He's not mad. He just provides him protection. And Isaac really flourishes. And then he asks him to leave because they're becoming too powerful. Uh, and so uh, Isaac uh, has, has a great, uh, it's a great chapter of blessing for him. Uh, so Isaac actually, uh, you know, receives uh, direct revelation from God. Uh, total recapitulation of the promises that Abraham received. And he goes on to father uh, you know, as we said, Jacob and Esau, and es and Jacob becomes the father of the patriarchs, uh, as we're going to see uh, in the uh, in the future. Well, all right. So, why is it the, the, what we ought to wonder here is like uh, this election stuff? You know, we're going to see that as a major theme in in Romans nine is Jacob and Esau, and God loved Jacob and hated Esau. Well, you're like, well, that's not fair. Uh, but look at Genesis three back in the in the early chapters of, on day one, we saw that. That in, in Adam and Eve's sin, they align themselves with the serpent. So God's looking at a unanimous opposition. The serpent, Adam, Eve, and all their posterity in, in unison have rebelled. Uh, and so he looks at the serpent and he says, I am going to put enmity between you and the woman, and, and her offspring and your offspring. And uh, you, your offspring, you will, you will strike at the heel, and, and her offspring will strike at your head. And there's going to be this hostility or enmity between. So the only reason anybody has faith, the only reason anybody's born again, the only reason any, there's any Israel at all, there's any church at all, is because God in His promise says, I will put enmity between the two. Uh, that means He's going to draw saints out of this mess of sinners. And as you look at that, be thankful, rejoice, worship God because of that. That's the only reason you're sitting here and interested in this at all. The only reason you want to read the, the Word of God at all and you have an interest in God is because he put enmity in your heart against the devil. And you want to be free of that. You want to be free of sin and the slavery to it. That's the good news. All right, so as you turn over to the New Testament, we see the unlikely in the first uh, reading in the Genesis uh, 25 of uh, the younger uh, who is served by the older. Well, you look at some very odd characters after the Sermon on the Mount here. We finished the Sermon on the Mount in 7 of, of Matthew and 8. Jesus' healing ministry is highlighted. And he's not just doing a bunch of magic tricks to impress people and show off. He's actually showing off how the kingdom of God looks and who makes and constitutes the kingdom of God and how that happens. Well, he, he, you see three characters mainly. The leper, the Roman centurion, uh, who has faith greater than anybody Jesus has found in Israel. He's amazed by it. Uh, and then you have uh, the uh, mother-in-law of Peter. Uh, and, so, uh, and she's sick in bed with a fever and Jesus heals her. And it says there that uh, Isaiah wrote that he will take up our infirmities and bear our diseases. And, and you think about that, this whole chapter is making the point that Jesus is the Messiah, the one who would become the leper so that we could become clean. Now leprosy, there's a quarantining situation that you're going to read about in Leviticus when you get there, about how 
uh, when you get this uh, leprosy skin condition, it's so contagious you can't dwell in the, amongst the people. You have to be quarantined, and then you have, and then if you ever do get healed of it, you, the priest has to verify it. There's a ritual that that you have to go through to get back in the people. You just can't walk around in the people of God. You're not holy. You're not you're not clean enough. You're a leper, and you have to be excluded. Well, we are uh, all spiritual lepers. We deserve uh, spiritual alienation. And, and quarantine away from God, but no, that's not how God does it. Jesus goes to the leper and touches him and heals him. And this is how God works in Christ. He comes to us and brings us to where he is. He takes on our infirmity and our illness and our sickness and leprosy in order that we might become clean. That's the gospel, guys. That's how it works. Jesus comes to us and takes on our sins. He made him a new no sin to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Uh, through faith. So this is the gospel. I hope that's helpful to you. You and I are all unlikely characters here in the in the kingdom of God in this church, and that is what it is about. It is about the grace of God. God gets the glory. We're trophies of His grace. He's reclaimed us from the kingdom of Satan, and we want to be with Him only because He's put enmity in our hearts against that kingdom of Satan. He, we desire Christ because of what God's done, giving us a new heart, taking out the old heart's done. I will hope that's helpful. Uh, We're the unlikely ones. We're the chosen ones, the younger brother, the leper, the Roman, the outsider. Uh, You know, even mother-in-laws get saved in here. This is great. Oh, hope that's helpful to you guys. We'll see you tomorrow for another reading. Leave questions, like it, comment, subscribe, all that. You know how to do it. Thanks.